few different places in Scripture today, so um, you can either trust me to read them, or I, I think they're going to put them on the screen behind me as we get to them. Uh, but the passing of time occupies more of my thoughts than I ever expected to be the case. And I'm guessing that many of you find that to be true for yourselves uh, as well. I simply cannot believe how quickly my 45 years have sped by. Any, anybody have that feeling? I just can't believe it. I, I reflect on memories that are as clear as if they happened yesterday and realize there are events that happened 30 to 35 years ago. The awareness of how fast time is passing has become even more acute for me uh, since I have become a parent. I can remember the birth of both of my children with crystal clarity, and yet it has now been 15 years and nearly 11 years since those events took place. I feel like I've been a parent for about six months, but it's been 15 years. And my oldest son, Aaron, uh, you know, he's been with us for 15 years now. He could potentially leave us for college in four years. I think of the blur that the 15 have been, and I think, I can't believe that. Now, I'm hoping he goes to college close to home, and if he's smart, that's what he'll do. But... <laughs> But he could leave us uh, for college, and I just, I can't believe that so quickly we could be facing that. In my mind, I am somewhere in the early stages of adulthood. <laughs> Yet in reality, I am middle-aged. Most likely, I am past the halfway point of my life, as I would have to live to 90 to be at the midpoint, and I cannot believe it. 20 years ago, I was 25 years old with much of life ahead of me, and from then until now seems so short. And I often think about what the next 20 years will do. They will go by just as quickly and I will be 65 years old, and I can't believe it. Of course, for those of you ahead of where I'm at, maybe you're already 65 years old or beyond. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel for you. I realize with each passing day, with each passing month, with each passing year, what a precious commodity time is. I realize more and more how precious it is and how important it is not to waste any of it. I think of my family, how much I love them. I think of how fast time is going. And I don't want to waste time when it comes to my family. I think of my friends. I think of you, my church family, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to appreciate every single moment. I don't want to waste time. 
I want to get the most out of every moment that we have together. I think of hopes and dreams that I have, goals that I have for myself, for my family, for my kids, and I want to make good use of time. I think of God, and I realize how much I don't want to take my relationship with God and the time that I have uh, with God for granted. I don't want to waste time when it comes to my relationship with God. And I think about the mission that God has left us, his church, and I want to make sure that I use the time that I have wisely, that I give God everything he wants me to give with the time that he has granted me. Now, some of you may object to reading the little messages that come in fortune cookies, um, but I read them, and, and I'm sorry if, if you don't like that, but uh, I recently felt as though that God spoke to me through that little piece of paper from that tasteless cookie. Now, before you object too much, realize that God has been known to speak through donkeys. And I would just submit that if he can speak through a donkey, he can speak to me through a slip of paper stuffed in a tasteless cookie. Here was the message. A day is a span of time no one is wealthy enough to waste. A day is a span of time no one is wealthy enough to waste. I've titled today's message, How Much Time Do You Have? To make a difference. If we want to make a difference in our families, with our kids, if we want to make a difference in the lives of our friends and our brothers and sisters in Christ, if we want to reach our goals, if we want to have the relationship with God that He wants us to have, and if we want to fulfill the mission that Christ has given us, both individually and collectively then we need to be people who understand that a day is a span of time no one is wealthy enough to waste. I want to make a difference in all of those areas. And I'm guessing that most, probably all of you, do as well. And here's the reality that we all have to face. We have very limited time to make the difference that we want to make and that God has called us to make. Very limited time. Now, there are a variety of reasons why our time is uh, limited, our time to make a difference. I just want to mention a few of them for our remembrance here today. These are all things we know, but things we often do not keep in the forefront uh, of our thinking. Our, Our time is limited because part of the span of our lives, part of the time that we are granted, is already past. It's already passed. Some of us have most of life yet ahead of us. But some of us are at an age where just the reality is most of life is behind us. And a good number of us are somewhere in the middle. But we are all in the same boat in that some percentage of time that we have has passed, it's gone. We, we can't get it back. Part of the time that we have to make a difference is already gone. Did we make the best of it? 
Did we make the best of it? The encouraging thing is, is that if we didn't, we can change that. We can change that starting today. Here's another reason our time to make a difference is limited. Because sleeping will take up one-third of our remaining time. I almost get angry about that every night when I have to go to sleep. I don't have much time. And I have to sleep for a third of it. It's a little frustrating. If I am blessed to live to 90, which I don't necessarily anticipate, but if I am blessed to live to that age, I am going to sleep for 15 of my remaining 45 years. It's amazing when you think of it that way. If I only make it to 77, which is the average lifespan of a man in the United States of America. By the way, in Ohio, it's 75, so I'm thinking of moving. Um, (laughs) If that's the case, then I'm going to live for, or I'm going to sleep for 10 and a half of my remaining 32 years. It's a lot of time. What about you? I'm not trying to discourage you here today, but, you know, deduct sleep from the the time that you might have left. It's a substantial deduction. Our time to make a difference is very limited. Here's a third reason. This is a sobering thought. Our time to make a difference is limited, at least potentially, because none of us are promised tomorrow. In fact, none of us are promised our very next breath. James 4, 13 and 14 addresses people who are presumptuous about the future. And here's what it says. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. It's true of every single one of us in here today. Today is all we have for certain. Really, this moment is all we have for certain. Which makes this moment and every single moment so very important. Every moment is valuable. Every moment is precious. Every moment is important because it's really all that we have for certain. Another reason that our time to make a difference is limited is because Christ is coming back. Now, many people today, including Christians, have concluded that if Christ ever returns, which they're not sure that he really will, it at least won't be in their lifetimes or the lifetimes of anybody that they know. Now, it may be true that Christ doesn't return in our lifetimes. I don't know. But here is what I know. Christ is coming back. And while we don't know when he'll return, events in this world that we inhabit 
would suggest to a reasonable person that he might return sooner rather than later. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 is set in the context of Paul writing about the kingdom of God and coming judgment or the coming wrath of God. And it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Part of the thought that comes out of Paul's writing in Ephesians 5 is the reminder that God will not always strive with man. There is coming a day when every single person on earth will stand before God and be judged. Things will not always plot along as they are now. History is moving toward a conclusion. Time is limited. Time meaning this uh, present evil age that we live in, this present experience of life on a fallen earth. It is limited. There is an end date to life as we now know it. Time is limited because Christ is coming back. And the final reason that I'll mention today, time is limited because even a long life is a really short amount of time. A long life is a short amount of time. Birth to 45 has gone by like a blur. 45 to whatever number of days and years God has granted me will be a blur. From whatever age you are to whatever number of days and years God has granted you, it will all be a blur even if you live to be 100 years old. My grandmother is 90 years old, and she can't believe she's 90 years old. She can't believe that time has gone by so fast. The 90th Psalm would be a good one for your reading this week. I simply want to take uh, several verses from it, um, uh, 3 through 6 and 10 for now, and then I'll look at a few more here in a, a couple of minutes. But the 90th Psalm is a prayer of Moses to God. And here's what it says. You turn men back to dust, saying, return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. The length of our days is 70 years, or 80, if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass. They quickly pass, and we fly away. 70 years, 80 years. However many we get, they quickly pass. A long life is a short amount of time. We have limited time to make a difference. Now consider all of this and engage with this question. Just you, right now. How much time do I have to make a difference?
How much time do you have? How much time do I have? How much time do we collectively have to make a difference in the world? Now, when we get to the specific amount of time that any of us have, we don't really know the answer to that. But here's one answer we do have to those questions. We don't have enough time to waste any. We do not have enough time to waste any. A significant portion of life is already passed. Sleep will take a third of our remaining time. None of us know what tomorrow will bring. Christ is coming back, and a long life is a short amount of time. We don't have enough time to waste any. How much time have we, how much time have you, how much time have I already wasted? How much time with people we love the most have we compromised by not being fully present when we're with them? How many goals have we failed to reach because we were careless with our time? How many opportunities have we missed to make a difference in the world for Christ because we misused our precious time? If we want to make a difference in all the ways that most of us say we want to, then we don't have enough time to waste any. A day is a span of time no one is wealthy enough to waste. It is because time is so precious that Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 gives us uh, this counsel. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of every uh, opportunity because the days are evil. Now that's how the NIV translation of the Bible reads. Other translations of the Bible read this way. Be very, careful, be very careful how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Now remember that this verse, uh, these verses, as I just mentioned, are set in the context of the coming kingdom of God and coming wrath. And we are told that we need to make the most of the time, we need to make the most of every opportunity because God will not always strive with man. Christ is coming back. And this truth applies to all of the reasons that our time is so limited, so precious. We need to be wise. We need to make the most of our time, make the most of every opportunity that God gives us. You say, Brian, I want to make the most of my time, but I lack motivation. I am easily distracted. I have good intentions. But I always fail to carry them out. What can I do? To this question of how we can motivate ourselves toward the proper use of time, Psalm 90 verse 12 gives us a really strong answer. It is the answer that is inherent in everything that I've shared today. Here's what Psalm 90 12 says. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. It is, it ought to be, the reality of how limited our time is that helps us to gain a heart of wisdom. 
which is a heart that makes the most of the time that we're given, a heart that makes the most of every opportunity that God presents to us. Don Williams, a retired vineyard pastor and a theologian uh, who has a two-volume commentary on the Psalms, writes of the instruction we receive from the 90th Psalm. By keeping track of the calendar, we will know the truth of the Psalms' teachings. Listen to this carefully. And we won't engage in some infantile fantasy about our omnipotence and immortality. This will give us a heart of wisdom. And we could add, and cause us to make the most of our time. John Wesley is reported to have said that one of the ways he stayed motivated toward godly living and faithful service was by frequently thinking about his death. Thinking of our limited time. Facing our mortality. Thinking about our death. Not in a morbid way, but in a way that sobers us up and causes us to think about things appropriately. These things should motivate us toward making the most of our time, motivate us toward giving ourselves to make a difference in the world the way that we are called to do. William MacDonald writes of the 90th Psalm, This much is sure. It should make us value every day of our lives and spend each one in obedience to God and in such a way that will count for eternity. Gaining a heart of wisdom enables us to live by the right priorities. And we get that heart of wisdom by numbering our days. By remembering how short our time is. The 90th Psalm ends with a note of reassurance in the midst of all of this talk of mortality. Verse 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. As the 90th Psalm reminds us of the shortness of time and compels us to make the most of the time, it ends by reassuring us that God will establish the work of our hands. This word established suggests that God will mark for eternity the work that we do in our limited time on earth. So here's what we take from this. Though our time is short... It can be used by God to make an eternal difference. I want to make a difference. Like everyone that we showed in that video just a few minutes ago, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in the world. I want to make a difference for eternity. And since time is so limited and there's none of it to waste, I've got to get busy... And you've got to get busy. We've got to be busy. Don't you want to make a difference in the lives of your family for eternity? Don't you want to make a difference in the lives of your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ for eternity? Don't you want to achieve your God-given dreams and goals 
Don't you want to finally, after all the years of procrastination, have the relationship with God that he wants you to have? And don't you want to fulfill the mission that God has given us, his church? Don't you want to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? See them receive Christ as Savior? See them pass from death to life and receive God's gift of eternal life? Don't you want to make that kind of difference in the world for eternity, for the good of people, and for the glory of God? On all of those things, we will gain a heart of wisdom and learn to make the most of our time when we learn to number our days and consider what a precious commodity our time is and use it well. And it is this last area of fulfilling uh, our mission, our calling by God, that I want to focus on for the final few minutes that we're together here today. The video we watched a few minutes ago highlighted the difference that God is making in the lives of people uh, through people and ministries here at Vineyard Christian Church. And of course, this is just a small sampling of the good things God is doing and the difference that God is making uh, through the people of this congregation. Friends, listen. Between now and when Christ returns, I want as many of those stories as we can possibly have. I want as many of them as we can get. I want us together to make a difference in as many lives as we possibly can. I want us together to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. And here's how we are able to do that. Here's how we will bear the most fruit. If we have 100% buy-in from every person who considers VCC their church home. 100% buy-in, 100% commitment to making a difference in the world. We want and we need everyone to be all in. We all need to number our days and make a decision to make the most of our time and to make a difference in the world for eternity. Now... Here's something I realize. When we talk like this, or when someone like myself gets up and talks like this, it sounds like an awful lot of work. I can't tell you it's not. It is a lot of work. But I do want to clarify something. Because I know this kind of talk sounds very grandiose. And it makes us tired just thinking about it. But I want to assure you that we are not talking about frantic and feverish activity. That's not what I'm talking about today. So I don't want you leaving here thinking, Brian said that we have to run around like chickens with our heads cut off. We have to frantically, of course, that probably wouldn't accomplish much, but uh, we have to frantically go out here and get busy. That is not what I'm saying. And I'm not suggesting that the weight of the world or the salvation of mankind rest on Vineyard Pataskala. 
I'm not saying any of that. But here's what I am saying. Because our time is so short, it is important that every one of us here today find out what God's will for us is each and every day and do that. Not frantic and feverish activity, but God, what am I to do for your kingdom today? I will do it. Not allowing a single day to go by that we don't respond to what God prompts us to do for his kingdom. And here are a few suggestions that I want to make that I think will contribute to our increased effectiveness as a church in making a difference for eternity. And these suggestions basically come down to this. We need to think both smaller and bigger. We need to think smaller and we need to think bigger. First of all, let's talk about thinking smaller. We have to stop. And I have myself right in the target audience for this statement, okay? So, so don't hear me shaking, see me shaking my finger at you. This is, this is all of us. I'm included in this. We have to stop putting off the opportunity that is right in front of us while we daydream about something more significant we want to do down the road. We've got to stop doing that. I, I think this is a big problem with a lot of Christians. And this is a large part of what making the most of the time is about. It is recognizing and seizing on the opportunity that is right in front of us that God wants us to take. We often dream, at least I hope you dream, of winning cities for Christ. And while we're dreaming about that, we miss the opportunity that our co-worker presents to us when they begin to open up about the struggles that they're having in their life. We're thinking about winning a city for Christ. We're thinking about the, the glory of Christ's coming kingdom. And here's someone right in front of us that sometimes we will overlook. We think of elaborate plans to influence our kids for Christ while failing to realize they gave us an opening to talk about faith, but we missed it because we were too busy doing household chores. We dream of evangelistic success while overlooking the greatest opportunity on earth for evangelism, children's ministry. If you believe you have a gift of evangelism, you ought to be working in children's ministry. It is the most fertile evangelistic field known to man. We have to realize that the weight of the world, the salvation of people far from God, does not rest on us. But we must be alert to the opportunities that are presented to us and consistently walk through the open doors that God gives us. We need to understand that if each one of us will consistently do the small things that God places in front of us to do, the accumulation of all of those small things adds up to really big impact for the kingdom of God. Making a difference for eternity is often about being alert enough 
to see the small opportunities that God consistently puts in front of us. Not seeing any opportunity as too small. And knowing that all of these small opportunities consistently seized by all of us add up to very significant impact for eternity. I know a lot of you believe this. I know in many ways I'm preaching to the choir. And so if you believe this and you're acting in this way, God bless you and keep at it. But if you need to receive this, you say, you know what, I do miss the opportunity in front of me as I daydream about something greater and grander and more glorious. Then receive this and change that. Start looking for the opportunity that's right there. So we need to think smaller. But I'd like to suggest, Vineyard Christian Church, that we also need to think, we also need to dream bigger. We must consistently do the small things that God gives us that add up to the big things. But sometimes we need to think bigger. Sometimes we need to do more. Sometimes God gives us seasons where we need to exert a lot of effort to do what he wants us to do. Sometimes God calls us to do more than the day-in, day-out opportunities that he consistently places in front of us. Sometimes he calls us to major undertakings that require a great season uh, of exertion. And when he does, what do we need to be willing to do? We need to be willing to do it. We need to be willing to say yes. We need to be willing to sacrifice. And I need to tell you today that we have some of those seasons in our future as a church. And we're going to need to be willing to go all in when God leads us through such seasons. Let me tell you just a couple ways that that this is going to play out in the coming years. Planting churches is something that Vineyard Christian Church is going to do. That's a major undertaking. That is a major initiative. That's something that requires a season of significant exertion beyond the day-to-day opportunities that God is always giving us. And our first opportunity to do that, our first effort at this, is coming up very soon. We have mentioned it in the past, but I'll be giving you more information about it in November. But we are right on the threshold of beginning to establish, at least work toward establishing, a church in New Lexington, Ohio, which is about 35 miles southeast of here. It is going to take a lot of work, but we're going to do it. The the elders and leaders of our congregation believe that God is leading this effort And so we're going to do it because we want to make the difference for eternity and we think this is one of the ways God is calling us to do it. Here's another way. We are going to two services, which is going to delay this next one a bit. But one of these days, this facility will not support the number of people that we're going to be ministering to. And we're going to need to expand this facility And we're going to need to expand our parking. It won't be easy, but we'll do it. Because we are going to do whatever is necessary to make a difference in the lives of people. 
Amen. Amen. In all of the small things that God calls us to do, and in all of the things that God asks of us that require major commitments of time and effort and resources, here is my prayer for Vineyard Christian Church, that we would not leave anything on the field. That when we stand before God, he would commend us for doing all that he called us to do. You know this phrase, leaving it on the field? You know, it's an athletic phrase that means somebody didn't give their full effort. You didn't do what you were supposed to do because somebody just didn't do what they ought to have done. I don't want to be the one who walks off the field not having given my all for God. I want to be the one who walks off the field knowing that I gave absolutely everything I had for the good of people and for the glory of God. And I hope that every single person here today feels the same way. I believe that you do. I trust that you do. That's what All In Sunday is about. We want to make a difference. We're called to make a difference. We have limited time in which to do it. A day is a span of time no one is wealthy enough to waste. So congregation, let's number our days. Let's gain a heart of wisdom. Let's make the most of the time that God has given us. Let's be all in. Let's give ourselves to making a difference in the world for eternity. Let's give all that we have for the good of people and the glory of God. And let's start today. The truth is many of you have already started. Let's renew our commitment to this today. And if you need to commit to this for the first time, start today. How much time do you have to make a difference? Not enough to waste any. And so here's the question that I want to end with. What does God want you to do? What does God want you to do? Why don't you stand?